While I was growing up, my parents took me to church almost every Sunday, and I'm very grateful for this. But when I was 14, and for a few years, I turned my back on my faith in God, and I rebelled a little bit. I was going in my own direction, and I stopped attending church, and I just focused on doing things that I thought would be life-giving, and I thought what I, that I would enjoy. And during that time, too, I went through a season where I was wondering if God existed. Now, one of the reasons why I turned my back on my faith in Christ for a few years was because of what I considered to be some inconsistent or hypocritical behavior that I thought I saw in the lives of some Christian people. And when I was a teenager and when I was in my early 20s, I decided that I didn't want to be part of that. It's hard, isn't it, when we see these inconsistencies? I don't know if you've ever found that difficult or if you've been hurt by that or if it's affected your faith or if you've known other people who resist faith in Christ for these reasons. Consistency matters. And Jesus addresses consistency in a portion of scripture which is called the greatest commandment. He addresses a holistic love for God. One day, a person approached Jesus and asked him, what is the most important commandment? And Jesus' response helps us to shape our priorities in life. It helps us to see what is our highest aim and our highest calling. And so I'm going to read from Mark chapter 12 in scripture where Jesus is answering this question about what is our highest aim. In Mark 12, the most important one answered Jesus is this. This is in response to what is the most important commandment. And Jesus said, it's this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second one is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So we're currently in the midst of a sermon series which is called Living Love. And we've been learning that the most important commandment is love. It's our highest aim, it's our greatest calling. And when Jesus is answering this question about what, what is the most important commandment, he actually quotes the Shema from Deuteronomy in the Old Testament part of the Bible. And the Shema was something that God's people spoke twice daily as they were expressing their devotion to God. And in this series so far, recently, what we've been doing is we've been looking at what it means to love God with our hearts, our souls, and our minds. And today, I'd like to explore what does it mean to love God with our strength? And I'd like to frame this message around two questions. First, what does it mean to love God with our strength? And second, how can we do it? And so as we look towards what does it mean to love God with our strength, let's look back to the Shema, which is what Jesus was quoting in Deuteronomy 6. So in the Shema, when we hear the word and when we see the word strength, that's the Hebrew word ma'od. And this word occurs about 300 times in the Old Testament. And it's a very broad and expansive word. It can, be, it can mean physical strength, but it can also mean a lot more than that. And so sometimes ma'od is translated as very or much. And so we could consider this phrase to mean love God with your veriness 
or love God with your muchness. According to Dr. Tim Mackey, he wrote the following. He said, loving God with your ma'od means devoting every possibility, opportunity, and capacity that you have to honoring God. Now, while ma'od has a very broad and expansive meaning, for this message today, I'd like to focus on one meaning of this word. And I'd like to focus on what does it mean to love God with our energy? Loving God isn't only about thinking about him and learning about him as we look to the Bible and theology. And loving God isn't only about the feelings that we have for him. And these, these are important for sure. But Jesus calls us to a practical faith where we also love God with our strength, with our energy, and as we he calls us as well to live out what we believe. I see many of you here loving God with your energy in a, in a variety of ways. And I'm going to give one example or a couple examples. Um, one, many of you here know Andrew, and he's given me permission to share part of his story. Andrew, in his career, uh, works in the field of packaging design, and he's very creative. And I see him loving God with his energy and his strength in a variety of ways here at 10th and in other places too. In the pandemic, Andrew volunteered his time and he shared his expertise with communication and marketing to help us with some aspects of our online ministries here at 10th. And also, after, over the past while, we've been having a few socials after the evening service. I hope you've been enjoying those with us. But Andrew has been really working hard in preparations for these too. I see Andrew ordering pizza, I see him picking up ice cream sandwiches and popsicles for us to enjoy. And this, this church building is actually quite large, and so I also see him going around the church building and finding couches and comfy chairs and area rugs and nice-looking lamps in various rooms and in storage closets, and he moves them into the foyer or downstairs into the lounge, and he creates very inviting and welcoming spaces for us to enjoy. I see some of you nodding. It's true. Andrew also serves on our prayer team, and he's served on our worship team in the past as well. He's loving God with his energy. And Andrew shared with me that he finds tremendous joy in serving in these ways. He said it is hard work, but he said he also senses that God tells him he's doing the right thing, and he feels very happy about this. Another example of someone who loves God with his strength, and he's given me permission as well to share, is Tom. And Tom, I often see him arriving here early on Sundays to make coffee and tea for us and preparing some ice water and setting it out in the foyer. And then in addition to that, I also see Tom staying very late in the evening until almost everyone leaves and he cleans it all up. I also see Tom sometimes driving people here to our worship services if they don't have any other way to get here. And Tom told me that he definitely does this. He loves God with his energy in these ways to show honor to God. And so we can love God with our energy here at 10th, and we can also love God with our energy elsewhere as well wherever we're working. When we go from this place in our, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, at school, in the workplace, we can also love God with our energy there. Another person in our community, for example, works in the field of construction, building homes for people. And he has said that there are moments in his week, in his day, when he's swinging a hammer 
and he realizes that this is more than a job for him. He said that while he's swinging a hammer, he's doing this as a way to honor God. And there are so many different fields that we can honor God in as we're working. Arvo Part is a composer of sacred and classical music. He's from Estonia, and he's won numerous international awards and honorary doctorates. And in the 1970s, he wrote his third symphony. And while he was writing this symphony, he came to faith in Christ, and he was received into the Eastern Orthodox Church. In a review of his work, The Guardian, the British newspaper, quoted his simple but lofty goal for his profession. Parts said that he wants his music to express love for every note that he writes or plays. Part really does seem to be loving God with his energy. And no matter what we do, in whatever profession or field we find ourselves in, we can make it our desire to love God with every note that he calls us to play or in whatever way he calls us to serve. Every meal you cook, every sentence you write, every account you balance, or every patient you provide care for, wherever you're serving, here at 10th or elsewhere, this can be a way to honor God and a way to love him. But loving God with our energy and living out our beliefs is sometimes easier said than done, right? I find this sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to find the time or the motivation or the strength to really live out what we believe and to love God in everything that we do. So let's look at a second movement in this message today and let's explore how can we love God with our strength? How can we do it? It's a high calling for us to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and with the totality of our being. And I think most of us here really want to be consistent with what we believe and in the ways that we live our lives. But Jesus really is the only one who can consistently live out the greatest commandment all the time. He's perfect. And the ways that he shows love to God the Father and the ways that he show love, shows love to people is always just right. He ha Jesus has shown us the height and the depth of his love when he voluntarily died on the cross on our behalf all those years ago. And as we look to the cross again tonight, may it dawn again in our hearts and minds that his love for us is without limit. So unlike Jesus, we're not going to be able to live out the greatest commandment all the time consistently because we're human and we make mistakes sometimes. But Jesus has provided a way for our sins to be forgiven. He's provided a way for us to be filled with his spirit that we can be transformed and that we can learn and grow in our ability to love God and love other people as well. Now, one way that we can find strength to love God with our strength is by enjoying a vital connection to Christ. I'd like to read something to you from John 15. This is what Jesus said there. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. 
Now, this fruit that Jesus is uh, mentioning here includes the ways that we live out the greatest commandment, the ways that we love God and others. And one way of looking at this fruit that Jesus mentions is also to look to the book of Galatians, where we read that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Evelyn Underhill also helps us to understand more about the fruit of the Spirit. She was a poet, novelist, and Christian mystic from the 20th century. And this is what she says about the fruit of the Spirit. She wrote that the fruit of the Spirit are ways of thinking, speaking, and acting, which are brought forth in us gradually but inevitably by the pressure of divine love in our souls. So this experience of the pressure of divine love in our souls is the Holy Spirit who lives in us, the Holy Spirit who shapes us gradually and inevitably. We can experience growth and increasing fruitfulness in our lives by staying connected to Christ. That we can receive nourishment from him in the same way that a branch receives nourishment from the vine. But how can we practically, practically do this? Have you wondered, what does it mean to remain in Christ and how can we stay connected to him? Our lead pastor, Ken Shigematsu, has written a book that is related to this topic. He's written, one of the books that he's written is called God in My Everything. And in this book, Pastor Ken describes rhythms that we can build into our lives that can serve as something like a trellis. You may realize that a trellis is a framework made from wood or another material that supports fruit trees and vines while they're growing. A trellis can help a grapevine to flourish and produce a lot of fruit rather than slumping or dropping to the ground. And some of the rhythms that Pastor Ken describes in this book that can serve like a trellis in our lives include keeping Sabbath, praying, reading scripture, relationships with other people, taking care of our bodies and other practices like this. And I've read this book, which is called God and My Everything, and if you haven't, I encourage you to do so. It's very excellent. And like a trellis helps grapevines to flourish, some practices that we build into our lives can also help us to grow to be more like Christ. They can help us to live out the greatest commandments, to love God and others. And these life-giving rhythms can help us to remain in Christ and to remain connected to him. Of course, we realize that if a branch is not connected to the vine, it's not going to flourish, you know, it's not going to produce fruit. And I found this to be true earlier in my life when I was rebelling and when I turned my back on God. In that season, sometimes I was partying in unhealthy ways. And I was really also focusing my efforts on education with the goal, the main goal, just to make as much money as possible. But I can't say, I cannot say that I experienced the fruit of the Spirit like we just read about. I wasn't experiencing love, joy, and peace and that other fruit during that time. Rather, I was experiencing a downward trajectory in my life as it related to the, the fruit of the Spirit. 
And one way that God drew me back to Christ was that he helped me to notice some people who really did live out their faith. Some people who said they were Christians and also lived that way, loving God with their actions and their energy. When I was in my early 20s, Mother Teresa was mentioned in the news quite a bit for the amazing ways that she, and the amazing ministries that she was involved with in Calcutta, caring for the poor. And God also placed others in my life who I really saw loving him with their actions and their energy in their everyday lives. I find these uh, words of encouragement from Mother Teresa to be really helpful. She said, you need only ask at night before you go to bed, what did I do for Jesus today? And what did I do with Jesus today? You only have to look at your hands. We can love God with our hands and with our energy. Our faith in God is more than loving him with our minds. It isn't only about the ways that we feel about him. It's about our hands, what we do, and the actions that we take. Let's use our hands. Let's use our energy to love God. In a moment or two, we are going to be holding the bread and drink in our hand as we share in the Lord's Supper together. And when we hold the bread and the drink in our hand, we'll give thanks for these gifts, and we'll ask God to bless them, and we'll enjoy them and share them with others here as well. And so it is in our own lives. God places energy and capacities in our hands, and we can thank him for them. We can ask him to bless them. We can enjoy them, and we can share them with others and remembering Christ while we do so. And so I invite you now to open your hands and extend them with me together now, and let's pray together as a community. So while we're praying for a few minutes, I just invite you to close your eyes if you like. And if your hands aren't already open, I invite, them, I invite you to place your hands on your lap, if you like, palms up. Living God, we thank you for the hands that you've given us. We thank you for all that you've placed in our hands. I invite each of you here now to imagine for a moment that you're holding your energy and capacities in your hands. And take a moment to just think of what these capacities are that God has given you. And thanking God for these, I invite you now to also just take a moment to ask God how he would like you to use your energy and capacities to honor him this week and in this coming year. We pray, Lord God, that you'd help each one of us here to love you with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.